You're listening to The 123 Show with me, Noreen Mir, this Monday afternoon. Let's turn to our very first guest and topic of the week. We're talking about how companies can respond to employees' anxieties, which these times of uncertainty is very relevant indeed. And I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Alison Halexa, a psychotherapist and head of corporate psychology at OTMP Mindworks. Alison, welcome back on the program. How are you doing? Thank you so much for having me, Noreen. It's great to to speak to you again. So first of all, let's talk about some of these anxieties. I mean, we've all heard of um, uh, the the, the feelings of stress and anxieties. Can you tell us some Mm. of the anxieties employees are facing these days? Yeah, you know what, Noreen? It just seems like these days there's just an endless amount, I think, of anxiety. And, you know, employees in so many different sectors are facing anxiety. So the ones who have, you know, job insecurity are feeling really worried about their jobs, wondering if their skill set is becoming irrelevant. But there's also anxiety for people who are working in industries where things are really booming. So in food, you know, in food delivery services, for mm-hmm. example, or in healthcare. So I think whether you're feeling like, you know, there, there's a boom in your industry or whether you're feeling insecure, the anxiety can be pretty overwhelming. I think with that, regardless, though, a lot of employees are really just starting to face health concerns not just related to covid but also about their own health issues that are now you know going undiagnosed because they're they're fearful of going into clinics or you know they have certain chronic conditions that they're just not seeking treatment for so I would say that job security um, is a big one, but those people who are in booming industries are are often overwhelmed, and that can be anxiety-producing. People have health concerns, um, and people are really anxious about being able to balance uh, their home duties and their work duties. So, you know, we've just seen, right, a third wave of the virus right now in Hong Kong, and I think for the parents out there or people who are caretakers – you know, we're all living with that anxiety of, you know, if we go back to work, how are we going to be able to to balance the demands that seem to, you know, seem to increase, decrease depending on what's going on that day. Um, and I think a lot of times people are still still anxious about this idea of working from home and just, you know, really trying to think about whether they can get get their work done efficiently. Absolutely. You know, part of it is the work-life balance. But, you know, with the whole Mm. working remotely, we're seeing that, you know, that line a bit blurred. A lot of the times we are working from home um, and we're unable to sort of switch off because there are days when I hear, you know, friends in the middle of the night, they they, they wake up from that anxiety. Gosh, have I completed that? Have I sent that into work? Um, And when you're feeling that sort of anxiety in the middle of the night, uh, have you heard clients uh, reporting these sort of panics and and, and anxieties and panic attacks in in the middle of the night because of the lack of work-life balance? Yeah, absolutely. I think the panic is just meeting us, you know, whether we're standing in the grocery store or lying in bed or you're right. I think the boundaries are just pretty blurry at this point. And even though, you know, a lot of us just fantasize for so long about being able to work from home, there, there really is that blurry 
that blurry boundary um, that we're, we're kind of interfacing with. And so, you know, you're in the middle of writing a report and then your child comes over, right, and interrupts you or the doorbell rings or the laundry goes off or, you know, we have these disturbances where, yeah, people are, are waking up in the middle of the night remembering that they they forgot something or they fear that they forgot something since it seems never ending. Yeah. How have you seen uh, companies responding to these anxieties? Yeah, well, that's a really good question because, right, the, the people we were talking about earlier, the employees, the question is then, you know, how are the companies responding to these anxieties? So I'm seeing a few things happening. Um, I'm seeing, unfortunately, still companies kind of burying their heads in the sand and just sort of buying time and thinking, well, you know what, the, the virus will resolve eventually and that will in turn resolve the employees anxieties, um, which I think is is obviously a losing strategy, but I am seeing some of that. I'm also seeing companies where they're sort of dipping their toes in the water with some of the corporate psychology work. So, so these are the companies that are offering kind of one-off workshops, or they're trying to teach one skill, or they're trying to reach out to employees and just, again, dip their toes in the water and see see what response they get and see what kind of skills um, or support might be necessary for their employees. And then what I'm seeing, which is, you know, by far the most encouraging are the companies that are just really waking up, Marine, and 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 in some ways are, are being trendsetters by just sending such a clear message to their employees that they're aware of the, the employees' anxieties, that they're proactively not only just responding, but thinking about ways to, to be able to support any anxiety in the future. These are companies who are just very forward-thinking in their approaches. And often what you see is a direct relationship between how forward-thinking the, the companies are in their in their general work and how forward-thinking they are with their mental health. Mm. But, um, but yeah, I'm seeing just a whole range. So burying their heads in the sand, this is not happening, or we can just you know wait for time to heal this to the ones that are dipping their toes in the water, doing the one-off workshops, doing something to respond to the anxiety, and then the companies just in big ways who are responding and, and ultimately, um, I think, really instilling a lot of trust in their workforce, which is something, you know, that, that really will help, I think, make the, the effort sustainable that they're, that they're working on from a corporate psychology perspective. Yeah, Alison, it sounds like you're seeing such a wide range um, from the bearing to the sand to the very proactive um, companies. Yes. So what might companies uh, need to do differently uh, these days uh, to tackle uh, these anxieties faced by employees? Yeah, and I'm glad, I'm glad you asked what they need to do differently because that's that's really where companies need to put their efforts, right? Like old ways right now are just going to fail so, I, you know, I think with that question, the companies just first and foremost need to really take take seriously the need for mental health support, regardless of whether there's a vaccine for the virus. It doesn't matter. I think what we're seeing now is this is a need that's not going to go away. So that's the first thing I would say is just a real reckoning that companies need to have that this is here to stay support mental health support for for their workforce. Um, I think with that, though, companies really need to step back and understand why they are why their employees are anxious. So there's kind of collective anxiety and there, there are anxieties that are applying to a lot of us. But I think companies need to really 
in order to think about the type of care their uh, specific workforce might need, they need to really ask, okay, why is why are our employees in particular anxious, right? And I think once they get to that question, they can then start to get to the more important questions, which is how are we going to help soothe that anxiety in our workforce, right? What are we going to be able to do to support people and communicate effectively that we are taking this very seriously? I think the other thing, Noreen, is that businesses really need to start building in um, into their business contingency plans or business um, continuity plans, things relating to mental health issues. So if they do see outbreaks um, of anxiety, depression, and, and, and other mental health issues in their workforce, that they have some kind of plan in place so that, again, they don't wait for, for another crisis to hit. Um, and I think what's also really important is that companies need to start introducing a vocabulary into their workforce around anxiety and around other mental health issues and make people very familiar that there's a there's a direct relationship right between the level of anxiety and 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 how um how our performance is affected so that's those are the things that i just think are are really important is that companies reckon with the importance of the mental health support right they really start to understand why in particular our workforce is anxious speak to those unique factors but also the the more global factors in what's producing the anxiety, respond, right, consistently respond with clear support and how they're going to be able to soothe that anxiety. And again, just introduce basic vocabulary and start making the connections between, you know, the, the presence of anxiety and a decrease in performance and mood and, and overall well-being for employees. Yeah, it just seems so innate. You know, we've got workshops to teach us how to, uh, you know, occupation therapy, how to pick up mm. a box or something, you know, um, yes. so we, we don't hurt our back. But there doesn't seem to be a, a lot of proper training uh, to support no. mental health. And, and yeah, it's 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 fascinating. I suppose, you know, we, we need to be training managers or colleagues, you know, train the managers to, to spot these signs and, and symptoms and and also what to say or, or what not to say. Um, mm. um, also, uh, yeah, that's very interesting. And and also, I think it takes a bit of time culturally as well. I think we live in a culture where a lot of the times when employees face mental health issues, either they don't say anything or when you spot a colleague a bit down, you sort of don't want to intrude. So, yeah, there's no, there's no proper mechanism or avenue for people to check in with each other. I suppose people no. are a bit shy sometimes to, to ask, hey, how are you feeling? You look a bit down or something like that. Yes. And, you know, with, what's interesting, I think, with that, Noreen, is whenever we're feeling anxiety about anything, there there are kind of just two choices. One is we avoid the anxiety, which is what most of us do, right? So if we see the colleague who looks upset, we just kind of avoid that, probably because we don't want to even, you know, get into a conversation about our own anxiety. So that's one thing, right, a lot of us do is just we have anxiety and we, we avoid it because it's uncomfortable, it's sticky, it opens up avenues of vulnerability. But the other option with anxiety is expose yourself, right? So, so just sort of leaning into whatever it is that makes, that makes us anxious. And I think what's, what's interesting now is it's almost not an option anymore for companies to avoid this. So I think that's been the strategy for too long is – you know, people in, in various it. companies have spotted it, but they've just sort of thought, you know what, let's just go down the avoidance path because it's only X percent of our workforce or people don't seem that anxious or whatever excuses, 
you know, we're, we're able to buy them time. Whereas now, I don't think that avoidance is, is an option yeah. anymore for companies. Absolutely. So what sort of uh, what are the trends for, for sort of uh, the future for workplaces uh, dealing with anxiety? Yeah. <clears throat> so I think this um, is, is back to just that point about, you know, companies really, really, really getting their heads out of the sand and just saying, you know what, avoidance is actually no longer an option which means we're going to have to get comfortable with exposing ourselves to what's true with our employees, right? Which can be uncomfortable for, for employers. It can be uncomfortable for employees. And I certainly don't recommend that, you know, companies turn their workplaces into, into, you know, therapy set groups at therapy sessions. But I think that's the first trend is just sort of breaking through and having people be more vulnerable in the workplace with of course, appropriate boundaries in place. Um, the other thing I think, Noreen, for the future is just, you know, supporting HR staff and other people who are really on the front lines of uh, at companies talking to employees and really make sure that not only are they equipped with the vocabulary and some skills to be able to support on a basic level, but make sure that they're taken care of as well. So that's something that I'm doing a lot of these days is going into companies and just making sure that the HR staff and, again, other people on the front lines like managers also have space to to feel supported with their anxieties. Yeah. And I think also what we're seeing a lot of in terms of just kind of um, I think more of it maybe as a sustainable trend is having therapists or counselors or p- mental health staff just be regularly part of the office setting or make sure that employees know right, direct lines to be able to reach people who can support them. So just making that really clear and making sure that companies invest in mental health uh, counselors or people that employees can actually call on so that there are skills being taught, absolutely, but there are also other people on the line if people need someone to talk to and really need professional support. Yeah, well said, Alison. Well, for some of our listeners uh, wondering, how can they find out more about you and your work and how can they get in touch with you? Yes, thank you, Noreen. So for those um, who would like to get in touch, please visit O-T-N-P, so O-T-A-N-D-P dot com. And I'm part of the O-T-N-P MindWorks Therapy Clinic. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time this week. And we've been speaking to Alison Alexa, who's a psychotherapist and head of corporate psychology at OTMP Mindworks. Thank you so much for your time this time. And I look forward to chatting with you another time. Thank you very much, Alison. Thank you so much, Noreen.